What is going on everybody? Luke Dugan here in today's podcast episode. I'm going to be joined by my long-term friend, not long-term girlfriend, no, my long-term friend, Freddie Dobbs. Now he is someone that I met when I was 18 years old. I just left home. I'd moved to university in Kingston in London and I was staying in halls and he was within the first day or so of arriving. One of the first guys that I met and we were all studying business together, which was even better because the campus was actually specifically for business. So everyone there was was like, like quite like-minded people and I got to make, meet him and he's actually had a really interesting last sort of 10 years on an entrepreneurial journey. He was actually the first person that I knew that I was close to that had a quite a successful business, uh, maybe like eight, seven years ago or something like that. It was basically around recruitment. He had staff, he had office in London, but fast forward to today, he is now an influencer traveling around based on motorbikes. So he's found his niche and he's always loved motorbikes and he basically thought, well, let's keep it simple. And over the last year, he now gets, you know, paid sponsorship deals and various other things, which now means that he basically can live off the income of being an influencer. He has a YouTube, he has Instagram, he does like reviews on things. He does it all sorts, all based around motorbiking or motorcycling, um, riding different uh, motorbikes and everything. Not really my thing, but he loves it. And actually watching some of his YouTube videos are really like, interesting, actually, and they're really fun. Uh, and it's just nice to get someone else onto the podcast who's actually, you know, slightly different to that kind of like standard online uh, business model that we always talk about here. And so it'd be interesting to see what he thinks. And also we're going to be going over his whole journey from, you know, that recruitment business that he used to have to now and what happened between then and what happened before, which made him realize that being a businessman or being an entrepreneur was what he thought was the right path for him in life because not everyone's cut out for a job. And so it's always interesting and nice to have another opinion from someone else and see what they think. Um, you know, who knows? It might help you decide that actually this is something that I want to do or something similar. So, you know, we're going to get him on. And it's actually a really cool, fun chat because we'd be talking a little bit about our past and what we used to get up to all the way through, like, um, you know, comparing how he thinks uh, with me, with my thoughts as well. So obviously I become, you know, obviously I'm based around Amazon and online business. He's not at all. And so it's very interesting to see that we have like-minded thoughts on certain uh, aspects of business, even though it's actually uh, different. So it's kind of like transposable skills, isn't it? Uh, you know, the thought process is pretty much the same. You just adapt it to different situations and it's actually really sort of fresh to get uh, another set of, I would say set of eyes, but it's really nice to get someone else who's sort of outside that space to come on and chat so that you can actually see that, you know, definitely with an Amazon business, it's setting a lot of foundations for other types of business you could do in the future. And yeah, definitely sit sit tight and, and stay tuned because this is actually gonna be a really good episode. So hope you enjoy. Hello, so today we are joined by a very special guest. None of you probably know who this person is, which is fine. You know, that's the whole point of this channel, to bring new people, new faces and new sounds. Uh, we are joined today by a beautiful man, may I say, Frederick Conway Michael Dobbs. I thought I'd introduce you by your full title, sir. That's the best introduction I've ever had in my life. So I'll take that. Thank you so much, Luke. Thank you for having me. So, Fred, anyway, thanks for joining us. It's uh, hopefully going to be a fun podcast. Just in case you guys didn't know who he was, I probably mentioned that at the beginning, but just sort of a quick recap. I actually went to university when I was a young, ripe old age of 18 and at Kingston University, actually, in London. And Freddie was one of the first people I met. Uh, literally, a friend of mine that I met like about an hour before goes, we're going to go to a guy called Freddie's house. So, full dorm. Yeah. Uh, so we went across and had no idea who to expect. This guy with his shirt off, basically just 
doing weights, <laughs> muscles ripped, <laughs> bulging out. He's like, hey, dog. Hey, thug. <laughs> like, you know, uh, and I was like, oh, hey. And I couldn't talk at the time because I literally broke my jaw about two weeks before. So I was like half deformed. <laughs> like, like got this guy, like this model guy, like standing in front of me where I look like, you know, Notre Dame kind of thing. Um, <laughs> I remember and, that so, so vividly, the broken jaw. <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's where that's where the love blossoms and started and you know how many years later would do be well can you believe that would be about 16 years ago I, that i can't even get my head around that i'm just trying to think if that's actually correct but i think it is 16 years ago yeah something like that like someone's half heart well it's almost the same amount of time that same eight i was 18 so it was almost like that whole my whole life up to that point again up to now that's scary but all fun and games anyway uh, anyway so let's get into let's get into the real stuff fred so you know a lot of people have no idea who you are i'm pretty sure 99.999 percent so would you like to start off just by i don't know introduce yourself like who you even are mm-hmm. uh maybe what what interest you have where you're from what you you know all that kind of thing and then like We'll start off with like the entrepreneurial journey because, of course, this is what we're doing on this podcast. We're not just here to have fun, but a little bit of information too for anyone that's listening. So, obviously, a little bit about that, and then maybe a little bit about your history and what you've done and your path up to where you are now. Fantastic. So, I'll give you an overview because I'm probably a bit different to the people you usually talk to because I know that the type of areas you're in usually. So, for me, if I start from where I met Luke, met Luke at Kingston University, finished business management at Kingston University, left uni having no idea at all what I wanted to do. The only thing I thought is, well, I've done business management at uni, so clearly I have to go and get an office job. Had a couple of recruitment office jobs, absolutely hated them, then thought... I literally remember (laughs) those stories are flooding back to me, like about, you need to almost tell, you need to tell that Robin Hood story. (laughs) Which one? The, the one where you were like like it's friday i'm not coming in tomorrow but if i if i, I like, if i am staying there you have to give me the, i don't want to go into it too much but you have, you got to do this 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 and this otherwise and they did and then eventually because they oh, thought you the wow. guy, yeah. one, your manager didn't like you but the boss sort yeah. of saw a shining light and i don't want to try to ruin it that was i had two recruitment jobs so i finished uni i did one recruitment job uh, i hated it and i was awful at it and i just had the worst attitude and i i think there's something wrong with my family we all have the foulest attitude when it comes i, I, to I had the same yeah you know, yeah like like, like just quickly, the thing I'll add is like when I was in a, I had a second disciplinary meeting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know it's going well when you're doing that, you know. <laughs> and the, the, the finance director was looking at me, it was like, and he was telling me all this. And I was like, I don't even, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I literally don't care. Like I was having a bit of a laugh and and I was thinking in my head, if you can't laugh in life, then what's the point? I'm not going to kill myself now. Spot on. If you're just going to be serious all the time. And, and I told, that was all I was thinking. And he looks at me and goes, look, I don't think you're really taking this in, Luke, the seriousness of this. And I was like, no, I just don't care. <laughs> but anyway, carry on. Unfortunately, I have the exact same attitude. So it got so bad at the job that I was in that they said to us, my team lead said to me, right, all of you, every single one of you, you all have to come in Saturday morning, 9am, because we need a role filled. And I said, there's no way I'm coming in on a Saturday. And he said, Freddie, you damn well will come in because the whole rest of the team is and you're going to be letting down. And I said, the only way I'm coming in is if you give me 20 pounds for my time. He said, Freddie, I'm not giving you 20 pounds for your time. And after a huge screaming argument across the room with everyone, 
in the office looking at us. He said, right, there you go, there's your effing 20 pounds. So I took my 20 pounds, headed in, and then got there in the morning. The whole rest of the team were then asking for 20 pounds as well. And he's like, no, I'm not giving it to you. So there we go. I was the only one I got 20 pounds. The rest of the team didn't get a penny. And three weeks later, I was fired. And that's that. And then what was the one about Chinese? Was that part of the same one? You were, or maybe maybe you exaggerated your historical stories to me. Uh, there have been... Where you were like, <laughs> is there more? Like, maybe you were like, I want... And, we, and you're giving everyone a Chinese or whatever tonight? If we're staying, does that ring a bell? Do you know what? There have been so, so many that I can't even remember. I remember that that job I stayed in for about a year and a half, but the recruitment job after that, I, I thought it'd be a good idea to go and just start to get some feelers while I was actually in the job about potentially opening up my own recruitment company. And this is a funny story as well. I was kind of feeling around, just getting a few ideas and maybe pushing my luck a little bit within this recruitment company because I hated it basically absolutely hated every single day of it so much so that I'd lock myself in the Louvre for about an hour just begging the time to end <laughs> and it got to a point where one day I just thought right that's it I, I cannot do this anymore I can't work in recruitment for someone I'm useless at it I, I don't want to be I'm actually genuinely depressed like I remember cycling to work in the mornings like a vegetable literally just thinking god how much longer am I going to have to do this for is this my life and one day I just thought right it's it's all or nothing now you're going to have to start your own recruitment company because there is no other way that you're going to get out of this. I wasn't good at it, but it was the only thing I at least semi-knew. So I started formulating a list of clients and candidates that I'd been speaking to in this job. And I had been stupidly printing them out and building up this brilliant database until I got to a point where I thought, right, that's brilliant. Now I've got everything I need. And I was there in the evenings after work and I was I was printing out these pieces of paper and then suddenly it said paper run out and I looked around and I couldn't find any paper and I, there was about 100 pages of client and candidate details that hadn't been printed out and I thought if I don't find any printing paper they're going to get back in the morning put some paper in the print and there are going to be 100 client lists ready to go and I'm not going to have any idea what I'm going to be able to do because it would say it's come from Freddie's computer Freddie has requested to print out all of these so it took me about 45 minutes looking in the manager's office Office, the receptionist's office for paper, managed to find paper, put it in there, get in the next morning. And then I'm called to the manager's room and they've realized what I've been doing for the past three weeks. So they fire me on the spot, not allowed to go back to my desk. And that was the end of that. And that's how I started Digitivo, my recruitment business. Uh, yeah. And I had that for about eight years or so. Uh, but you know what? I never got into recruitment in general. I never really liked it that much. And so eight years passed and it kind of, you know, I got to a point where I had five members of staff and office in Richmond, I thought, wow, this is brilliant. I'm going to explode. I'm going to be super successful. But after about three months, I had to close the office because ended up just not making any deals. So I went from being really comfortable working solo to having an office, five members of staff, and I completely failed 100%. And, and yeah, I remember you telling me like, like literally all my, my overheads per month, I don't know what, what they were, but like, like the knowing you've got to pay like eight grand a month or five grand a month, like before you've even got anything because you've got the staff in the office and all that. And you said like, it's more like, like it's the same with Amazon, same with yeah. Amazon. So like if you yeah. have loads of VAs mm -hmm. and all this software and services and you pay for subscriptions for everything, you have a prep center and you know that you've got, probably got three or four grand before you even making money. It's like, if you don't mm -hmm. get that to like day 20 because you have a bad month or day 25, it's like, not only is that a kick in the balls because you only got five days of actual profit, yeah. but like if it's a bad month, you're like, crap, am I even going to, 
like cover myself before yeah. I tick into next month. And then what? So the whole month was all that work for nothing. And now I've got to do all over again and hope that that like, and, and knowing that in your mind, like, oh, Jesus, like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you know, you can only do so much. You need the other side to come to you to like, obviously create the deal or for Amazon, if someone's got to buy the product. You can put it out there, yeah. but if no one buys it, yeah. you can't make anyone. So it's the same, it's just kind of like a similar, similar thing. But I remember you used to saying that and, and how you hated it. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. It's, it's exactly, business is all exactly the same principle whether you are doing amazon like you are or recruitment like i was it's all the same principle if you want to get properly big you have to you know you have to you have to spend you're not going to be a millionaire if you don't open up your wallet and spend and get some stuff and you know give bits of your work to other people so that's what i thought brilliant you know i was really comfortable working by myself i I was perfectly financially comfortable and then i thought look if i'm really serious about making it i have to expand and this is the time i've got the clients i ended up hiring some members of staff i got an office i think the office was a thousand pounds i think i was paying a few members of staff you know one thousand six hundred pounds a month and i thought i could get members of staff on train them from zero to be able to do recruitment and I thought great within two months all of the members of staff are going to be making money and I'm going to be just sitting back and just overseeing everything and making sure everything goes to plan and we went from making you know we probably went from making about as an example in my best month I probably made 30k but that's with no overheads apart from my own salary because there was no one else we went from doing that to making no deals a month with overheads of about probably pushing eight to 10K in reality. And that was unbelievably painful because you build up so much, you take a risk to start your own business. And you know, a lot of the time you only hear the success stories, but probably for every success, there are about 30 people, maybe a hundred people who fail. Uh, and that ended up being a huge failure, had to close the office. And also, yeah, well, people don't like, they do, they do know, but they also don't look at as much. It's like mm. over about four year period of Amazon. It's like, I've had many months where I've made no money or le- I've lost money depending on what, like, for example, this year I went and tried like getting my own staff member uh, and like renting a bit of warehouse of a guy that I knew. Mm-hmm. So I hired, so he hired someone for me. I paid them wage. And then I also like leased that, you know, like basically just sort of said, yeah, that half of the warehouse is mine. I can do all that crap. Got mm-hmm. box, buy my own stock, uh, buy my own boxes, buy everything that I need and I can work and it'll be more cost efficient than getting a company basically per unit mm-hmm. doing it per unit and it ended up costing me like double I don't yeah. know I, I burned through like 15 grand in like three months and I was like the amount of stuff that's going in and everything it's like it's not even, like how is it not you know it was just yeah it wasn't even working well and I doubled my spend yeah and so I went back to how what I was doing and I was like but so in theory I've lost money in those months yeah because I basically had seven and a half grand over like two months or whatever yeah each month plus all the other stuff the VAs and the other expenses and you know I've I've made like tiny amount compared to the sales I've done and I was just like and really it's like that's a bit of a wasted month that's a wasted month like you get sometimes I have either break-even months or I have like lost months like I had a couple this year probably based around what based around that um at the beginning of the year but then you might have a great Q4 like last Q4 was great so I had the cash to do it so it's you know like sometimes it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing if you've I had the cash from last year, the previous year, Q4. Mm-hmm. That's why I was willing to do that. But also I didn't know what would happen until I tried it. I tried it, didn't work, lost mm-hmm. some money. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I won't do that again. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you have your ups and, and, and if you're smaller scale, obviously you have some months where you don't make that much money compared to other months. And like you're yeah. going up and down, up and down, up and down. So Long term, you're just trying to actually like climb a ladder. Like you might, you might get down some steps or fall down a couple and like people don't really see that 
or they didn't pay attention to that as much. That's it. And also it, it comes down to as well, what is the end goal of the business? You know, from it's exactly what you're saying is, you know, I can relate to that so much. For example, you know, if you start a business, are you looking to do it for a lifestyle so that, you know, you can enjoy every day? Or are you looking to do it so you can make so much money that that money will transform your lifestyle? And what's the end goal? You know, for example, right, okay, I need, I need four properties. And then that means, there you go, I'm out of the game. I've got, I've done it. I've done what I needed to do. Or does it mean my lifestyle, you know, my aim is to sit on a beach and then there you go I've achieved my goal I can then kind of just start dialing it back a bit and how many risks do you need to take to get to that goal and I thought with recruitment you know I needed to have an office working for me and and that would be the only way I could get out because I didn't like recruitment and I didn't see any other way out because it's too slow going just by yourself it's a really hard balancing act isn't it I've got a huge respect for anyone who grows a business with staff it is incredibly difficult even VAs is like yeah they're not expensive in terms of like an actual like person in the UK or something mm-hmm. but it's still like two but I know people that have like I know one guy he does actually have a VA business as well so it's probably not accurate but he has like 50 VAs wow so like he has three businesses wow. that across so he uses them across all three but he's very much like a I got four hours in on a Monday to go over all the reviews he has managers so he has people that VAs that have managers that are VA you know he's got a proper like hierarchy of VAs basically wow. um but again, there is a big cost for 50 VAs. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like, obviously he has to do a lot more to break even. And yeah. so, but obviously he's obviously got a, a target and a goal of where he wants to take things. Doesn't mean you have to do like, you know, I was thinking for this year coming, I was like, maybe it's even worth dialing it down and doing like 300 grand turnover, mm-hmm. trying to make 50 grand. But basically I do no work, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I was just, cause then I was, I was like, I was playing with the, the different like scenarios that I could try. It's like, I can, I can try, aim for like a million plus, but Obviously, I got to do, be a lot more involved. Yeah, maybe long term I don't, but what am I trying to? What's the plan? You know, that's that's a really good point, isn't it? It's just trying to get the balance right because as your overheads go up, my God, the stress goes up. You can just feel it with every extra thousand pounds that. And you then know. you got to start looking at your cash flow more. Like, hang on, when you when you pay yourself, you only mm. need like two grand in the bank, and you know, yes, you know, I can walk. Mm. You don't need a massive amount in the bank. That's true. That's true um to and you're fine you're not thinking about it but now that i've got like all this you know like now like eight grand here four grand here it's just kind of like nothing not nothing but you know what i mean like i just mm. see it as normal sums and i'm yep. like so like 20 grand can go pretty like in two weeks like yep. you know definitely with buying stock 40 50 grand can go in a couple of weeks yeah but obviously yep. then if you find out you've got problems at some point like you've got to obviously keep that make sure that cash flow is actually working as well yep. so it's like again like some people i speak to they're not actually not that they're not cut out for it, but they're, they're not mentally ready for like a higher cash flow business yeah. or turnover business because their brain doesn't understand, that doesn't disconnect from the sums. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, but I, I have disconnected from the sums Yeah, only after ages. So I'm, you know, I, I spent like last, literally a year ago in, this, in November, I spent 12 grand on prep. So someone prepped my stock and it was so much stock, it was 12 grand. And I was like, yeah, cool, whatever. Hmm. Like, didn't even think, like, I don't go, oh, that 12 grand, I could do this. I don't think of it. I just think of it as like pay, like fake money. Yeah. Because you know, it's just kind of like cycling through a system and I'll get back to what, 15 grand, but then I won't see it like me getting 15 grand. I really see it like, well, 12 of that I paid anyway. So, you know, I, I kind of, it's just like cycling money through, but it's the same money coming back and going for, going out. And I know exactly what you mean with that. That's, 
the eye-opening thing because, for example, before you'd have started your business, if you'd have said you could have eighteen thousand pounds in your pocket and not think anything of it, you'd have said, "Come on, come on!" You know, when you're in your admin job. Yeah, I think I think the most I've had like in one time in that bank is is eighty thousand sitting in the business account. It's huge money, and I'm I don't I, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what I'm going to do with that then. And I'm like, mm, maybe I'll buy there. I don't, you know, it's just kind of like a random number on the screen, and I don't that look at it. That is the difference between when you're a worker, an employee, and when you've got your own business. For example, exactly as you said, I remember when I was, uh, you know, before before I got into business, when I was just working recruitment, and if someone would have said to me, Freddie, look, you can have £10,000 in your pocket, I would have been like, my God, that's amazing, £10,000. I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a BMW Z4. But, but then when I had a business about a year and a half after that, I had £35,000 in my business account. And instead of going out to buy a car, I ended up spending £10,000 on a website and put £10,000 into getting the office ready. And, you know, you're completely right. Money almost loses its meaning when it's kind of locked in your business. It's really interesting, your different perception of business being an employer or an employee and in business. It completely transforms it because before I would bought a car. And then I was investing in the business and I didn't think anything of losing 10K on a website, which was the worst business mistake of my life, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I, I kind of think like if someone goes, oh, I, you know, I've got 10 grand, I want, you know, so it, but then it, tra- it kind of goes across into real life. If someone goes, I've, you know, you see films mm. and they're like, oh my God, we just hit the jackpot, 35 grand, yep. you've got 35 grand each. We're going to, I'm like, mate, I can withdraw that tomorrow. Like, yep. how, why are you like risking your life? Yep. Or like, I don't know, they're doing something serious, like either kidnapping someone, you know, they're doing, yep. it's a, the film's like, or even $50,000 or whatever. I know, I know, and, yeah. It's... And it's like, I could literally withdraw like tomorrow and like, you're just basically giving up your whole life on yep. a maybe because you probably get caught as well. Yeah. And, but yeah, I understand obviously that isn't my money as such. Like I can't just go and withdraw 50 grand from the business because I've got mm-hmm. to pay, you know, like it's not as easy, but in theory I could. Yeah. And it, but there, and I'm, I'm looking at, so I look at these sums now as not that. Yeah. Like when I think of houses, um, I think to myself, oh, I just want to save for cash and just buy a house because like, mm-hmm. I, even though it's still a couple hundred thousand pounds, mm-hmm. I've had 80 grand in the bank. Well, why not 160? You know, like I kind yeah. of see the numbers not as, so it does, it does <laughs> cross over. But then with my personal finances, I'm like, oh, I've got like, I don't know. I, I kind of, see, if I only have a grand or two grand in the bank, mm. like I would see that as nothing, yeah. no money. So I wouldn't do anything with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have it in there to start with. I'd probably just put it in the business and leave it. You know, I wouldn't actually take it out. Yeah. Uh, unless I was doing it for like specific, like giving myself an X amount for tax reasons, you know, to make sure that I gave myself enough per year kind of thing. So that I don't have to pay more. How, how are you with the business finance and your personal finance? For example, do you treat yourself, do you give yourself, you know, okay, here's X amount, I'll go on a holiday, I'll get a car as a reward for the hard work? Or do you do you prefer keeping it in the business, just keep on screwing it away, whether it's put into some stocks and shares or invest in more stock? I've kind of done both in the yeah. past, like, because I didn't know I hadn't done them. So I was like, oh, I want you know, see what... But now what I actually do is I, the business does its thing with Amazon, mm. but then I get income paid to me, to myself for like Elite Sellers Academy, which is like a weekly, monthly, sorry, a weekly paid mastermind thing I do with mm. uh, another one called Natalie. Mm. So I get paid from that every month. Mm. Um, I also have like some affiliates commission that comes through. Like it's probably not like, it basically probably totals like grand and a half, two grand a month, depending yeah. on like the month. Like yeah. depending, sometimes the affiliate commission is higher, sometimes lower, blah, blah, blah. Or if I have coaching as well, I can add that in on top, you know, 
Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much does me like, and, and I don't really take, need to take, so that just goes to my normal, that gets paid to my normal accounts, my my personal. So I kind of just live off that basically. And I, and the only time I would take money out is I'd, at the end of the year, uh, like after Q4, I go like, right, how have I done this Q4? You know, w- what's going on? But even then I probably, you know, I probably, cause I think if you don't take money out, if you tax, you're up to like, well, not, this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, everybody. But mm. if you don't take like, I think the optimal amount is like 20 something thousand. Yep, um, yep, 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 but yep. if you don't take it out the next year, and then you wanted to take that, that 12 grand that you could have taken this year, but you want to take it next year. Obviously that will tick you over into the higher tax yep. uh, or it will do something like that. And so that you end up paying more if you, if you just leave it forever. Mm-hmm. At some point you end up paying like 40, 50% tax or whatever, if you keep leaving it uh, rather than just taking it, even if you don't need it so like there's there's things like that that i've been looking into like that i've kind of like been a bit more smarter with in my mind like but also you know if if you're looking from a business point of view what you actually do with your money in business what you actually do with the money make is is just as important as actually earning the money within the business for example you know if you earn the money what percentage of that money are you going to put into to property or to stocks and shares or to you know cryptos whatever you do with it because if i look back when i had the recruitment company digitivo uh, the the only reason that when that failed that that i was semi okay is because i bought well i bought one property at the start of it and then just three months before i I knew it was about to end and three months before i knew it was about to end because i knew there'd be no hope of me getting a mortgage i quickly went and bought a rental property in ipswich which if if you're not a uk listener it's just a kind of a little town on the east of england right on the harbor and if i wouldn't have got gotten those properties I would be in a horrendous position because for some reason I'm an awful saver. And if I don't immediately get that money from the business and do something with it, and I always fail with stocks and shares, so I know I'm awful with that. I don't have the the patience. But if I wouldn't have put the money in over the, the few years of Digitivo into the property, I would have no monthly income at all, absolutely nothing. So when Digitivo ended, I had to go to Ocado being a delivery driver for a year. Um, But God, if I didn't have those properties, that's what's kept me going. It's that monthly income, basically, that means that I can just about survive, you know, doing a simple job while I try and figure something else out. So doing something with the money is just as important as earning, you know, to get to that end goal, I find. The the way that I did it, it was like, I was like, right, like back in the day when I started, obviously I didn't, I didn't, I was looking at everything quite sh- like three months ahead, yeah, one month ahead, like short term. Cause I was like, what if something happens and I haven't, you know, will I have to get a job, blah, blah, mm-hmm. like all these things. That's the biggest fear, isn't so it? So I said to myself, yeah, yeah. It's like going back to a job because after you've realized the feeling of then not having to go to one, like the only time I would go back, this is the only time I would go back. Cause let's say that I am, I updated my CV and I put, yeah, CEO of a business, turning over of a million pound a year, blah, blah. And even if it's not, I wouldn't go to a business that literally did the same thing. Like the credentials could get me, I don't know, it could get me like a job in a startup that is based around Amazon or I don't know, something that is the crossover skills, you know? And it might be interesting. I would more do it like on a three month um you know, like, is it part-time contract or whatever it mm-hmm. wants to be? Or I would basically just do it because it'd be interesting to have a role that was a little bit more like professional because I want to see the stuff that I should be doing. Mm-hmm. You kind of get what I mean? Like, I do, like, I do. I do everything quite basic, really. But I want to know if there's like things that I should be doing that could like skyrocket 
that I could be doing. I'd be like, oh my God, if I did that, then I can do, but I don't, because I'm not, because I like to keep things simple. I don't really delve into that area of complexities and, you know, fancy charts and I don't know, whatever. Um, and I, I think it would be, well, it could be quite fun to just to go, I don't know, it could be fun. It could be terrible. But the only time I would do it is if it was like a three month and I knew after three months that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the money would just be like, okay, fine. It's nice, a little extra. I can just go on a holiday, like a cool holiday. Like I'd see it as like a holiday bonus money, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would just go, yeah, okay. But And it would be like, or like a finance director. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not that I would even be like com- confident doing mm-hmm. something like that. But, you know, that's the only time I would do it. And it would be more like, or if it was something that I really enjoyed, like I'm going into a business that does something that, yes, it was a gaming company mm. and they did something like, I'm into the crypto stuff and I'm in like investing and getting involved into a game called like Cypher that's coming out. And I think it's going to be like in a couple of years, it'll be really big. So I'm, and I'm getting involved with the community and I'm like, I want to, play the game when it comes out but imagine they were like right we're looking for the xyz you know i would be interested in that because i think like being around that kind of thing which is interesting to me naturally would be even better because it would be like what i'm kind of kind of doing already which would be good for me like for the future to learn some actual probably some more professional style of doing you know anything and that's what doing you know working for yourself you you literally can mold yourself into anything you want for example you probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to consider something like that but you know because you've forced the issue you've put yourself into this position where you're doing what you're doing you know you've built up the skills off your own back to potentially be able to you know be open-minded if something like that comes along i love that type of thing it's brilliant isn't it but yeah it's just uh, i don't know i could hate it but then it's only a short period of time i now i know like i said i'm one of those people that usually have to try everything and then i'll figure out what not to do and i'll do the, the things that work best from that so yeah. if I do 10 things, four are terrible, three are okay. One's actually worked out quite decent and then one's amazing. I'll be like, right, I'm just going to focus on the two best ones now. Yep. So I've had a year of basically going sideways. But what I've worked out is don't do all of those things. Uh, so it might, you know, and, and, I, and that's actually kind of how I've done a lot over the years. I figured out what not to do rather than going into the data or I don't know, even though I'm quite a data-driven person, like looking at, you know, how, what, what's going on. Like a lot of what I've actually, the traction I've built is usually on what, doesn't work and I just ignore that but I remember when I mean it doesn't seem like long ago at all when you were in your admin job and a finance assistant or I was like a what was I like yeah like telling people I'm a finance assistant I remember that the finance job (laughs) were you was this this role you're in now this job you've created for yourself was this the first business idea that you did you didn't have any others that failed before this did you you just jumped in and it ended up working. The first thing that you well, the only the only things that I did in the past were remember I wanted to be a professional poker player back. In the I, day. I remember. Remember well, I got really angry and I was like, "Why are you touching my?" <laughs> I, I was playing well. on like Virgin Poker back in the day, <clears throat> and I did generally want to be a professional poker player. At one point. I was, you like, were not all the bad. Birds. To be fair, you were not bad. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't. And, and the only problem is, is that you have to play like a in a proper circuit. You have to play like nine people yeah everyone has to be relative standard to understand um mm-hmm. that what you're doing basically if you were playing if i was playing you yeah. it all rules out the window because you i don't un, what you're doing doesn't normally represent what your what your actions yeah normally you, like if you're doing something there's like four different things you could be doing but you could be anything yeah because you're just playing randomly yeah um rather than any real strategy and so it's that that's why it was always hard to play like with friends but i was relatively i'm not, i do like in vegas i won a couple of times i remember i won a online back to back in the middle of the day there was like a 400 hundred dollar tournament uh five dollar buy-in and, and i won 
the tournament for like 400 people. I mean, that is joined. incredible. I went, back to, I went it back to back two That's days in a row. That's mind-blowing. Honestly, that was, is mind-blowing. Uh, yeah, it was only like $300 winnings and five, but because there was 400 people, it doesn't really matter the pot. It's more mm. like play. And I went it back to back in two days and I was like, whoa. Like you see that sometimes on like your TV, like, I don't know, like it's always very difficult because of the number of people to win back-to-back tournaments of the that same one. I don't think talent. it almost ever happens. Uh, and I still, I, I've not looked at, I've not played, well, I play now and then randomly, but I've not really looked into it forever. And there could be something like, mate, you know, a lot, a lot of- That's proper talent though. It is, isn't it? It's, it's proper talent. It is. Yeah, it is. And also, there's, of course, there's luck involved, which is, I actually quite like that there's luck involved as well, because sometimes- like I'm a bit crap, you know, like as in you're not always like I'm, I'm one of those people that does like to play the luck side as well. Like mm. it's enjoyable, you know, mm-hmm. rather than going, oh, yeah, I've, I've lost or yeah, I've won. Like it's always that little element. It's like a, a fun element to jump into sometimes, you know, if you look, for example, when when you're looking at your business, the way it is, do you look at i mean obviously it's a form of gambling but do you look at if you invest in cryptos you know do you look at that as a form of gambling like does that give you the same kick as you know trying to make your money out of doing poker and do you give yourself x amount of money every month okay right i've got x amount to put put in some fairly risky stuff and i've got my standard you know my long burners for example investing in gsk into stocks and shares do you put x amount aside every month for that type of stuff i put uh, like monthly direct debits that go into like my uh, what's it called Hargreaves Lansdale thing. oh yeah I used to have that yep, yep, yep. Um, like I've got a pension one that gives you 25% up to 50 so like mm-hmm. you put in a certain amount I think you get like a grand a year up to 50 yeah 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 three yeah. grand a year yeah. or something so I was like well and, and then but if, if you take it out you get you're probably going to have to take out less than you even put in so it's like a reason yeah. not basically it forces me to leave it in uh, yeah. which is good because like I'm sometimes a tinkerer, you know, like you probably are. Like you want to play, you want to play around, move things around and like really yeah. just kind of like need to like set it, forget it. Well, do you know what? That, yeah, that's the problem. Like I, I find it really difficult. I'm just all or nothing, quick, short term. I just, I wish I had it. I don't have the mentality. For example, I always put in the wrong time. All, you know, crypto's kicking off. You know, I put some money into Anchor, which is a crypto, and my knowledge of cryptos is useless. But I just thought, look, you've got to put some money in because everyone else is. But then everyone says, look, if your neighbor is recommending you put money, then into that's the last time you want to be doing it. Yeah, then it's too late. But I thought, it's, it's no. already at the top. Yeah. Do you know, yeah. I'm sick of watching everyone and their cousin making money off crypto. So in goes my money. And guess what? Everything crashed. Absolutely. When was this? This was. So I put 2017. No, no, no. This this, this was Anchor, uh, and this was only about a month ago. And I put in some money, and that it doubled. It doubled. It actually doubled the money I put in within the space of a week. And then every single penny disappeared from the money it made, and I lost a further fifty percent. So I ended up massively down. You know, it's just. And then I freak out, and then I think, right, well, I have to take the money out now. And then obviously you've lost the money forever if you sell. Yeah, it was like, it was like Bitcoin when it was at like. You yeah. Remember, I've been talking to uh, basically. I for anyone that doesn't know, whenever I used to meet these guys, I would probably talk about Bitcoin at some point. We years, thought you were mad. We thought it, you were it mad. went down to about. It went originally. It was at twenty grand years ago. Remember, it went up to the all time high for one start, and it went down to three thousand dollars from twenty. Mm. And I was talking about it at three. Uh, somehow, how have I not made money? Yeah. But I, you know, it's not the problem. Is it's not a problem. The, 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 what I take from it is that I was focusing on Amazon, mm. which I was at the time because I needed that money. I couldn't like the cash flow. I need. I couldn't take any more out. You know. But it's 
it's better to have the knowledge because the knowledge you can keep implementing into the future rather than just get like not have any idea but get lucky because you can't really replicate that but it is if i if i so in theory i could have made like i could be a multi-millionaire because i could have put in literally just 50 i could have taken 50 grand out over the years over like because the bear market was three years so it's like i don't know what's that whatever 50 grand by by three years is mm-hmm. and yeah that could be like half a million mm-hmm. but by, by now and with 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 the knowledge that i got but I didn't really make, I made some, but I didn't make anything crazy. And I was like, right. But then I thought, well, it's better to have that knowledge because you can actually, because usually things have patterns, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I was talking, and the same with now. Now I've learned, yeah. like what I've learned is that when things do go down and if they keep going down really low, like it's even, I should be putting like a thousand quid in, not a lot, thousand quid in yeah. every single month buying xyz and holding it for basically not forever because yeah. at some, you know at some point if it got to a certain value you probably would want to take it out mm-hmm. like because I, I see it as yeah it could be it could be at the top now and it's going to slowly trickle back down over the next year or two back down to i don't know 20 grand and it's at like what, 50 now so mm-hmm. it could you know it could find its bottom out like normally the bottom is at, it, the, the previous all-time high is kind of where the bottom might go mm-hmm. but this time so the previous cycle was 20 grand for Bitcoin. It might end up around that figure if it was if it was like just going to go down from here. Uh, obviously, you don't know, but, you know, just using rough sort of what has done in the past. Um, but then I'm like, yeah, just just leave it. And buy, basically, don't don't sell anything, but just buy more. As mm-hmm. as the more extreme it goes down, the more, try, you know, obviously you can buy more with with little money yeah. or less money. And you, do you know, I, so, just, I would have to. And then leaving it for three or four years. Yeah, and that's it. And then making, you know, half a million or a million and going, you know what? I get there's going to be capital gains stats and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I'll take it out and then I can like allocate again. So mm-hmm. I can then go, but rather because originally when I did it at 2008, I put money in and I didn't really understand anything to do with the bear market as in going down. Yeah, I didn't really, there was no, like I did not have knowledge at all. Zero knowledge. I didn't even know what, like, tr- like looking at a chart, looking at averages, looking at all of that kind of thing, like probabilities. But now I do, but, and I learned, I was learning that while I was talking to you guys about like Bitcoin at three, you know, 3000, like mm. you could have bought like three Bitcoin for nine grand and it would have turned out $9,000 and it, you would have had like, what would you have like $160,000 yeah. from nine in, in like a year and a half yeah. or two years. It's not even really a lot of money, you know, really. Uh, and that, and that's, that one's obviously gone up the least. So a lot of the ones, and, and it, the other thing I take from it is that a lot of the ones that I had before, like ended up even though they went down 95 percent, so that had, had a grand uh it went down to like 50 quid or something i don't know something stupid or i don't know 100 quid it actually if i just left it and left it and left it it, it that thousand pound would have gone to about eight grand like in this next cycle yeah yeah so like you know and, and yeah that's not crazy but that's still an 8x in three years and obviously if you had 10 grand it could be 80 grand yeah, yeah it would have gone and so I, but and that's happened on like 75 you know even it's, it's gone above where i would have yes some have to died off and never gone up and they've died forever but as long as it's not my most ridiculous of projects like it's in the top 30 40 even 100 if you find the right ones so it's not like the big the big boys but it's still in there like you know top ones because there's thousands then you will still be up after three years and like what, you take a 5x in in like three years or well, two and a half years yeah you know like 5x most people would be happy to get a 2x in in three years and i've learned if you could just make sure you don't buy crap and again you don't know what's going to be crap so you, you kind of make sure you have a bit of a spread across what mm-hmm. you're doing uh and then you just leave it and all you do when it goes down is as long as it's still doing what it's doing like it's not literally like because what happens like a team can go right we're not working on it anymore we've given up and so it's still there but there's no team behind it to 
build it. So that, that's why obviously focusing on the bigger ones is better because there's more money going in and out. Yeah, uh, more yeah. cash flow basically, um, and so like they're more like they're more likely to have people working on it because they, they, there's there's the activity going in and out, even if the actual profit. Or I'm I'm kind of trying to relate it to sort of business, but but you've got to spread the risk, don't you? You do like it's the same with whether it's investing or in business. You've got to spread the risk. That's the thing, a, a huge reason why the recruitment company ended up failing. We didn't spread the risk. We had all of our eggs in one basket. And that was a very, very small basket. That was IT recruitment in Gibraltar. And then, and this isn't me making excuses because I wasn't good enough at recruitment. That's, That's the real crux of it. But... All of our clients were in Gibraltar. We, all, the people that we used to place were from Europe. And then as we, it's the UK, left the EU, everyone, everyone from Europe stopped wanting to go to Gibraltar because they were all getting freaked out, thinking, look, I'm going to be kicked out of Gibraltar, you know, as soon as we actually leave the EU. And we hadn't spread our risk. We'd done nothing. We'd done nothing at all to make sure that we were okay for any situation, different market changes, things like this, even... Probably the biggest mistake I think I've made in recruitment in the com- the comfortable periods are the exact periods when you have to diversify, not when your back's against the wall. When you're comfortable, you have to be looking at other ways to diversify, other money-making revenue streams, because if you're doing it when your back's against the wall, like I was desperately doing it with recruitment, then you're way, way too late. You've got to preempt that. And that was a big issue. I should have diversified. And it's the same if it's stocks and shares, or it's the same if it's business. Huge, huge mistake I made. And then I ended up having to go work in a cardo and spent one year working in a cardo desperately trying to figure out a business when actually all along that business idea was in my mind, but I should have done it when we were comfortable. I remember when I stopped the recruitment job, I thought, okay, one year, uh, sorry, one month, I'll be in a cardo for one month. It's okay. I'm, in a, I'm an okay businessman. I can think of a good business to come up with and get going. Monica was in her job at Amazon. She had to obviously stop recruitment. I said, leave it to me, Monica. I will come up with a business. One month passed. I was like a vegetable. I couldn't think of anything. Monica was coming up with loads of different business ideas. I I think I came up with some nonsense about web development, even though I don't know how to do any web development in my life. Like I've got no idea, no interest, no context at all. So one year passed. This is the most depressing thing. One year passed and Monica just said, Freddie, you've come up with nothing. All you are now, all you're doing is just going to Ricardo working and you've completely given up on thinking of any business. And I... So, so did you have in your mind at any point, maybe I have to just stay at Ocado? Like, uh, Yes, I did. Uh, do you know what? I started looking at the internal jobs vacancies and there was one for data entry. And I thought, I said, <laughs> Monica, look, I, I guess this looks okay. I mean, I don't want the job. And she was like, right, well, you know, if, if that's it for you, if, is it really over? And I felt like I couldn't take that step into a quote unquote proper job because that's me accepting, okay, that's it. It's over, Fred. You're an Ocado delivery guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that, but it wasn't for me. And I always knew it wasn't for me. And then Monica said one day, look, let's just strip it back. Let's just make it as simple as possible. Let's try. We tried chasing the money. And for us, unfortunately, it didn't work. Maybe I'm not quite business focused enough with that side. So let's try and do something that you actually enjoy. Something to do with motorbiking. So that's how we started up the new business. Just 
follow the passion, do something you enjoy and see if something can gradually come from it. So what we did, we set up an Instagram account and just a post of the rides that I'd be going on with Monica on the motorbike and stuff like that, purely just a passionate thing. And we quit our jobs and we got a job at jobs at Amazon delivery. And we were earning about 50 pounds a day between us. You know, you take your own car, you go and pick up all of the products from Amazon, from the big warehouse in Enfield, and you drive around London, dropping off at customers' houses. You do it in your own car, you don't have a uniform, you pick any hours you want. And with the properties, it just meant, with the buy-to-let properties, it meant that we could just about survive on about 250, 300 pounds a month. So we spent about nine months surviving on 250 to 300 pounds a month when we were just posting pictures of our rides and things like that until we got to a certain level with that. And finally, we went from doing five days a week for Amazon deliveries to three days a week. And before you knew it, knew it, after about seven months, we're just doing one day a week now, Amazon, just 50 quid a week, just enough for food. And now we can, now we can say that almost, almost, we can let that lifestyle choice of choosing, you know, motorcycle, whether you want to call it influencing or, or something like that, you know, posting pics of our passion, we can actually let that fund our lifestyles along with the properties and a tiny bit of stocks and shares. But we've spread out enough now where, oh, you know, it's the start of realizing the dream, just following your passion. And that's how we got into this. It was purely just following the passion because every time we tried following the money, I think you need to be a certain type of person. We just couldn't make it work. Like with you, Luke, for example, mm. I know what you do and you could teach me your job. So in theory, I could do your job, but I know that however much you teach me, I will never be as good as you at what you're doing. It's just not in my blood. Yeah, that's what, that's what happens. Like you can, you can basically teach people what things they need to do, but it doesn't mean that they won't do it. Like it doesn't yeah. mean that every, like there are people that I know and I literally, and they do it. And, it's, and you can talk, you can kind of tell mm. usually because you can tell by the way they're responding to you and the way that they're interacting with you on, like, on the sessions. Mm. Mm. And then there's others that are like more seeing it as like a going to school and they're yeah. more just, they're listening, but their brain isn't really like engaging mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, they just don't seem to be firing off like the, the right like responses. I, you can yeah. just sort of feel it almost how within a couple of sessions, how good they're going to be yeah and like and, and eventually you can always do it or you can get to a level but it might mm. not be as high not be as high as what you hoped because their people just don't see, seem to be able to do it. like not they just don't seem to be able to i don't know it, and it could be something as simple as mm. they're not confident going and spending six grand mm-hmm. on like a thousand or 500 of this product mm-hmm. they don't have, mm-hmm. they haven't got that belief that in themselves that oh my god that's a lot of products six grand like simple something simple and so yeah. their, their level can only ever be a two grand purchase max and it doesn't mean you can't grow. You can't, you know, you can grow that. Like you can get used to it. But some people I've seen, I just get a feel that there's like something that isn't related to any of that, which is stopping them really getting to that level. It's and it's you just cannot explain it. I remember the first recruitment job I had. There was this 29 year old guy called Pierre, and he came in absolutely immaculate suits every day. He had his Porsche 911, and he'd be he'd be making for himself something like 300,000 a year, you know, he was the man in the office. And then there was another guy who was my team lead called Franco. And I really like Franco, great guy. He and Pierre would be making about 14 deals a month. And Franco would make about zero deals a year. And Franco was my team lead, he would train me up. 
And Franco said that he was going to go for the team lead position to train up all of the recruiters. And he said to me one day, Freddie, and I'll never forget this. He said, Freddie, there's a difference in people. I know everything Pierre knows. I sit next to Pierre every day. I know exactly how to talk to clients. I know exactly how to search for candidates. I can teach you how to be a good recruiter, but for some reason, I can't do it myself. I mean, how do you explain someone making 14 deals a month to someone sitting right next to them with exactly the same opportunities, making zero deals a month? It's sometimes just, if you're not right for it, you're not right for it. It's just the way it is, isn't it? And a lot of it, I don't know. Yeah, luckily with Amazon, obviously there's less face-to-face. So if that is like some, if, as in it's less the even just down that's to true. the tone of your voice it could be you know yeah that's or true. the way that you come across when you meet somebody but that is removed at least with amazon but it doesn't mean that the decisions that's a very good point it's a very good point the, deci- the decision making steps are like i can go you know i could happily go and buy like spend 10 grand on xyz but a lot i, I know a lot of people that would be They'd be like, that's they just wouldn't be comfortable with buying that much. Like, I know I mentioned it already, but it's just that there are other things as well. Uh, or like, you know, I'm like, right, I'm going to buy buying in October for December and I'm buying a thousand. And they're like, what? But aren't you going to wait? Because how do you know? You know, and I'm like, no, I'm just going to do it. Like, I don't need to worry. Like, yeah. you've got to believe, as I just say, believe in the data. The data doesn't lie. It doesn't take sides. Yeah. Like the data yeah. doesn't have like, a, and that, that also leads into, I, I was learning a lot of like trading mm. and like in trading, looking at the graphs, it's all based on data, like probabilities, 80% chance. Like, you know, it's basically just, if you look, if you could, if you could look, use your eyes to see the data, like, you know, charts and all that kind of thing, mm. and you could like compound it in your brain fast enough, you would basically go, well, for some reason, whenever that happens, it's 80% chance of going up after that. Like, and at some point that happens a million times. At what point are you going to go, oh, no, I don't think it's going to go up. Even if it is going to happen, 20% of the time it'll go down every time you are going to say up because yes it will go down 20% you know 20 times in 100 but if you're betting a thousand quid each time if you keep doing that and it's 80% and you keep seeing it being you're not you're not making you know you're not putting your money in it's 80% 80% that one's 90% that one's 72% like all these different things and then when these three come together these three indicators do this this and this it seems to be a 92.61 you know mm. like at what point are you going to be like well apparently i've just got to do it and if you make sure you know and then you put a grand in and then it would just happen you're like well i don't know why but yeah. it, it's very you know it, so i kind of do that with Amazon. I look at the data and I'm like, well, for some reason, people are willing to pay $13.99 for a small, literally a 102 gram, which is tiny, pack of Thorntons. And it's like a, literally a bag of like small peanuts. Imagine a small pack, bag of peanuts. Yeah. And they're paying $13.99, 14 quid for these. And they're flying off the shelves, 40, 30 a day, 40 a day. Wow. And I'm making about six or seven quid a pop. And like, or like the Christmas, there's a, there was a Christmas one. And I've sold it before. So I've also, I now have the actual feeling of doing it. Like I'm not just seeing it happen on a mm-hmm. chart or like a keep a keeper grass, what you read to see that the price changes and the sellers and all that. But I've also done it and I'm buying it for like a 10 quid. And that's, you know, I'm like a bit of a deal. And I know, and so what I, all I do, this I've done quite a lot of that this year. As I've noticed the ranking getting better, meaning it's selling more. So the lower the rank, it sells more. I've sold it before. So I roughly know how many that 500 rank sells a day, just off the top of my head. I go, well, it's about 50 to 100 a day. Hmm. I go, how many, how much stock is there? 
and a thousand for across everybody. Well, that's 10 days of stock. Christmas is in 23 days. It's out of stock on the website. You can't buy it anywhere else. So I'll basically just raise the prices for 10 days. Could be fast. It could be 12 days. It could be nine days. And then all I've done is gone from selling it at like 15.99 to 27.99. Wow, wow, wow. And I'm, I'm making like, I had like 400 that I just basically just put on the back burner. I just, I, oh, I think I was like, no, I had 650 because I had some more that was going in that I didn't even know I had. So I got, you know, because that, that hadn't been shipped in yet from the prep center and i literally was like well that's seven quid fifty seven pound eighty or something per unit i had 650 or whatever and i literally just like the whole most of december i just left 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 and about a week ago finally there was like three sellers left and i tried raising it even more but what happens if you raise it too high amazon get rid they make it harder for people to buy it because they don't think it's price fair interesting but even at 27.99 it's still over really but you don't get any you don't get any uh negative feedback and stuff because it's such a christmasy gift it's basically a thornton's christmas tray with a Christmas tree and pretty box, you know, it's yeah. usually less like when it's a gift like that, it looks nice. It's presented well. It's got some nice different chocolates. People are willing to pay a little bit more Christmas because they're not, if they, if they want something to give and that's what they want, they're not worried about paying. They're not going to get, oh, I'll buy three small boxes of standard that are like no resemblance to Christmas. They're just a box or, you know, brown box or something. Usually going to go for something. How, how yeah. much a day will you spend analyzing data? How how long every day? Like five seconds. <laughs> like, oh, seriously? Like, uh, like 50, okay. 15 minutes. Okay, okay. Like, and that's, it might not even be, and it might even just be a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes there. If I notice something selling a lot, like today, I booked in like 50 of these things. And I was like, finally, because I could only get 50 because they sold out. Uh, and I, I was like, okay, well, I know the other versions of this, different flavors, I'm selling for about 16.99. So I was like, okay, I just put it out there and we'll sell it at 16.99. And then I'm noticing I'm selling like 40 a day. Or no, so I must have, I think I sold, sorry, I'll start again, 20 in like a morning. Wow. I was like, well, I only have 45 yeah. or 50 or something. And I'm not, so now I've just gone and bumped it up to like 20, 24.99. It might be fine that I get like one sale and I'll be like, okay, well, that's not good. So I need to find a happy me, like a happy place in the middle mm-hmm. where yeah. like, I'm not going to be left with them forever because I'm selling what I, that wouldn't, that would only take 25 days, but I want to sell them over the Christmas period, New Year's period if I can. Um, and so I just, I just bring down that price to the point where I'll go, okay, now I'm selling the right amount that say by New Year's Eve or something. Cause those kind of products still get bought as gifts for, like New Year's Eve. I know people might not be seeing anyone over Christmas, but they're yeah. still sent to people. Oh, happy, you know, happy New Year. It makes that call. Cool isn't it? It's it, not your online assistant. Yeah, yeah, I, but it's very, it's split second. Like I literally go, okay, da, da, like I've done, it's basically just rinse, it's rinse and repeat the same thing across, depending on how things mm-hmm. play out. Mm-hmm. But if, if it, but if there's a load of sellers and the, there's abundance of stock, I can go and buy from Thornton's tomorrow, like a thousand. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously now it's a bit late to send it into Christmas because you can't get it in. But two weeks ago, then the price is never going to go up because people aren't selling out. The more that people sell out, the price goes up. Yeah. Ultimately, the more sellers there are, the price goes down because people are trying to get rid of their stock because they don't want it sitting there. And they're like, oh, we need to bring it down to be more competitive so we get more sales. Yeah. yeah. Obviously the opposite happens when people, and eventually I'm sometimes the only seller. And so I can basically just choose my price. But obviously I don't want to also be greedy and then get loads of returns so people get it and go, oh my God, I can't believe I paid 40 quid for this small thing. So there's like, but those things are obvious. You just look at it and go, how much would you be happy paying for it? And sometimes you're wrong because you've never seen it. How, how do you feel actually with, with, with Amazon, with your you mean, current, um, with, well, with your current job in general, how do you feel about it? Like, do you see yourself doing... You mean you think I'm ripping people no, off? No, no, not at all. No, uh, some, people, some, some, people, some people think like, oh, but how can you be selling it for that? I'm like, the only thing I'll say to that is that you do know supermarkets and every every place you go to buy something, 
it's got it from somewhere and they're making money off it. <laughs> like, I, I no, I couldn't agree. I'm like, how is that how is mine any different? You're, anyway? you're not holding a gun a gun to people's heads, forcing yeah, them yeah. to buy it. You're, like, you're putting something don't buy out if it's too expensive, and then eventually I'll have to bring it down or, or, or and not it's sell business. It anyway. I, I was actually going to say, how how do you feel? Like, will you you know, do you see yourself still doing this in ten years? Do you have a goal where you want to be doing X or Y in three, four, five, ten years time? I like to be no. Like, I, really, I want to get this outsourced, so I mm. basically just don't do much because I basically I'm getting more lazy and more lazy. Interesting. What I mean by that is that let's say I'm making X amount per year, mm. and I'm like, oh, if I spent you know all my other spare time in a day, and I was looking for new products, and I might only mm. find, and let's say I found three a day, mm. and I'm like, that's four hours and looking for literally three three random products. So like, you could do it, and obviously over a year, that's a lot of product, and that equals X amount. But I'm like. I've got to spend four hours a day looking for a two pack of Bisto or I, yeah. as in, I don't, I don't know what it is. I've got to find these. Yeah. Uh, and I, all I, you know, I just start off with, I know what I sell. Let's look for similar products, mm-hmm. but I don't know where I'm going to find them. And obviously at some point you might not find as many because you, you burnt through all the options. Yeah. Uh, or you're going to have to look at other categories that you haven't sold. And I'm like, well, and then I sometimes go, well, I've sold all these products before, so I know the risk of selling them, because basically there's problems with if you sell the wrong products, people can say that they're fake and you can get your account deleted and stuff. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I've got the safety of that. I'm also a bit lazy. I hate doing the same crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll outs- I've basically been outsourcing it little by little over time. And it's, it's been slow because I do like to do it. I basically just think I'm better at it than everyone else. So I'm like, well, mm-hmm. if I've got the time, why muck around? But I'd like to get to a It's your outsourcing of it now. So if you've got, for example, let's say you've got two virtual assistants, is that the beginning of you becoming hands-off? Well, really, all I need to do is say, Jazz, every time that the prep center says a shipment's ready for labels or to, sh- to ship out, you need to be alert and action mm-hmm. every time. But I, I normally say to her, oh, I can't do this right now. Can you do it? So like, mm-hmm. you know, she, she, she won't in- go off her initiative and do it because she waits for me. And all I need to say is, you all you got to do is go on seller board or go on to analytical software, look what our averages are of sales and make sure we always have a month supply of stock in Amazon. Mm-hmm. So if you know it does roughly 40 a month on average, sometimes 80, Sometimes thirty. That's a start with forty, and then obviously, and then once you've got the base, like the, the sort of the, the every product's got its sort of foundation. You can then sort of, if you see something being acted differently, you can top it up or not, or you hold off on buying for a bit. Pretty simple stuff. Basically, keeping everything at, at its minimum, whatever it works out to be, and then obviously adjusting as the demand goes up or down, and buy more of it. And all you got, and you already know where to get it from because I buy it from the same places. You already do all the entries for the products. Like you already know all the products because you enter all that data. So all you've got to do is go, oh, look, yes, this one, I know where to get it from because Luke buys it from Ocado or something. Go on Ocado, log in with my email because like she has logins for my emails because I go, oh, if you want to go and check the product, just log in and find it off my order because sometimes the receipts all data and it's hard to so she does all these things without actually then going to buy the product yeah so she's almost doing everything up to that point she goes on the website she sees the product but she just doesn't do the, the buying where she adds the cart and then click check, check out um and all i was going to do is the next step is to get her to do all that and all i'll do is go she'll basically come at the end of the day and say luke under all these logins Ocado, whatever uh everything's ready to check out all i got to do is go in and literally click payment checkout so like even though i'm not giving her that yet i i can basically just double check for one second yeah normal stuff normal stuff oh what's that random crap 
Yeah. Like where that come? Maybe she's accidentally added the wrong product. Yeah. But that's like what it does, I don't buy every day. But if I did, that takes what fifteen minutes yeah. to do that. Yeah. And all, and all that she would do in the daytime is just message me. Oh, I'm. Can you just double? Can you just confirm to me this? Can you just do this? You know, like a lot of it's. I just let them basically. I let them get on with it, and then I just get message. And I can just. I can do that on my phone. Yeah. I can just reply on Slack, uh, and then I can. That just, is the dream position, though, isn't it? Getting to getting to a point where your staff can genuinely just take the reins, run with it, and you've built up a business where you can be hands-off and just oversee everything. That is... And I get, I might not actually make 100% of the potential profits. I may only make 90 or 85. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because they're yeah. not buying exactly what I would be buying. It's not, you know, like there's little things that I've just learned over the years, they may not have in their brain. So they're not taking that into consideration. Like it could be coming up to Easter and I'll be like, oh, I remember that from last year. That sold like crazy for two weeks or one week. So I'm going to triple up on that now. But I might not realize until like a couple of days later. And then that means it takes a couple more days to go here. You know, like, so like, but obviously more delays mean ultimately at the end, less profit at some point. Uh, And so I get that could happen, but then you've got, I got to decide if the time I'm getting back is worth it. If what I'm making anyway is, is what is good. Yeah, is that fine for me? And then the time that I'm gaining, uh, is that okay to lose X? Yeah. If it's not because I'm making no money or something, then I would be like, no, but yeah. That's it, isn't it? Like if if you're, you know, spreading out, if you're uh, delegating your work to team and you slowly build them up from zero, like you have, you've, you know, you've trained them up, they're now at a good level. They pretty much understand what they want to do. It's that it's being time rich isn't it it's the time that they can give you to then yes you're going to lose x amount of money a month from paying your personal assistance or your virtual assistance you're going to lose x amount of money through them and yes they're probably not going to be as good as you but if they can just keep the business at least at a fairly good level the the time they free up for you to go and potentially start a new business get something else going then and then you get some more virtual assistance for the next one but that is it's almost like for a lot of businessmen, a lot of business people, even for me as well, it's almost like the holy grail, the thing that, you know, it's, you know, I often talk to a few of my other friends who are doing business. It's getting that jump from being a sole trader, doing it yourself to being able to genuinely be hands off in the business and get the business running for you and having a team there. That is the most difficult thing in business, being able to build a team that you trust that can do the job. It's, it is unspeakably difficult. And I've had these VAs for like a year and a half or a year. So like, as in, it's not, it takes a while. Like Mm -hmm. I was happy to take time because I realized as I go on through the years, I used to look at everything short term. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm only six years in now. And back in the day, I thought, within three or five years, it's over and I'd be, I'd mm-hmm. be in a completely different environment. Yep. Well, not really. Yep. Like, as in, it, it could last one more year. It could last five. It could last 15. Or it could evolve and adapt and change and I'll, I'll slowly change with it. And I won't notice the change because it'll be yeah. slow. Yeah, yeah. And it'll, but ultimately, it'll be roughly the same. And I'm like, I'm happy. And I was almost thinking about doing that and maybe just focusing on Q4. Yeah. Because that's where the real money is to be made. And it's a bit more fun because you, you know, you can kind of see it's not like an accumulate accumulative amount of profit, mm. little profits that come together, which aren't bought. They're boring. You know, it's a bit mm. more like, right, if I do this, hold off. And then I make, I'm selling a hundred of those advent calendars, sorry, those Thornton's Christmas calendars a day. And I'm making like eight quid each, mm. you know, like little things like that. Yeah, and it's, yeah. and it's like a quite fun. Cause you're like, oh yeah. I, Cause I did that. You know, it's like, cause you like 
created that outcome you know yeah i quite enjoy those little kind of like yeah i, I thought i could do that kind of thing <laughs> more like ego stuff but from from your side as well you've got you've got your podcast and you've got youtube so you are and i know you've got uh, a website as well that you've just i think had redone like your you could just focus on amazon and nothing else but you've you're spreading out aren't you i know you do mentoring you do a bit of youtube you well yeah but ultimately obviously amazon is still not fun yeah. like it's fun yeah. enough because it's yeah. not working a job and I, yeah, I'm yeah. interested in, in it because I know a lot about it. like if you know a lot about something you always naturally want to talk about it because true you know you know you know you know it like a back of your hand mm. but I'd like to get into I always wanted to do stuff to do with gaming and like yeah. that would be quite cool but I think the future will be a lot more blockchain based gaming problem yeah. is it's still early and that won't be around for like five you know, many years like an actual proper game that is integrated with that kind of thing but i i am in like i am getting into a interested in a lot of like get nft games so i'd like to basically i'll create an nft slash crypto gaming I, i'm basically i'm an, uh, it's early days yeah. but i actually enjoy looking at that and talking about it more and it doesn't mean yeah. that i'll do that forever like it could be like another stepping stone but i've done that on the side because i actually enjoy it and the problem with amazon as well is that it's, it's difficult to grow a lot of your audience because it's very niche yep yep true that's very true that's when you're a little true. bit more broad everything's easier like i put i've had my, i put my fifth video on my new youtube channel and it got 250 views which is mm. not a lot yeah but like on some of my amazon videos it would like i've had i don't know it might take me a week to get 250 views but it took me like half a day or a day to do that and it's like because the audience is bigger so yep. not only am i enjoying it but the scalability is more yeah. everything is more and it is more long term like with my youtube channel for amazon i didn't make you know from like affiliates and stuff i didn't make money proper money for like three or four years like but i had the time to start doing it i knew the knowledge mm -hmm. and so like but obviously that wasn't like forever that was just to add a couple of layers on top of the amazon business so that was some money basically so that i didn't feel so pressure on the amazon's front and i could yeah. actually just have a bit of a like relief that there's like the like there's money coming in from, a, even if it's just enough to pay the, the, the bills every month, you know? Yeah. Oh, that, that's literally huge. the goal. Like I could, I, yeah. It makes a huge difference. I can make, you know, if it all went wrong tomorrow, I could still like live without having to panic in like five seconds. Like you, you, obviously you don't, you don't want to sit on that forever, but I can, I can just like take a step back and go, right. Okay. How, what are we doing? What's the plan? That is the absolute key. I think, I think you're, you're spot on. Like you just, you just want to make sure you're in a position where, you know, if one part of your business fails, you're not immediately like, oh my God, I've got £8,000 a month overheads, whether it's business overheads or personal overheads, and then you, you freak out. And then within the space of a day, you're, you know, you've, you realize I'm living beyond my means. Yeah, I've basically got to figure out like yeah. in about a day, what the, what I'm, everything. I've got, you've got to figure out in a up. tiny amount of time. Yeah. And somehow set up a profitable, good business. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, I'm literally going to have to start applying for jobs. Or no, or we could, here for me, it would be like, I'll literally have to potentially move back to England. And, yeah. You know, like all of the, I, I, I could get a job here, but, but in, you know, in my well, theory, actually, yeah, I could get a job, but you get what I mean? Like, I, I don't want to, it's like, if, even if I would, even if that outcome would actually still happen, at least I've got like a decent, reasonable chance for it not to happen because I don't have to literally do something in a day. Yeah. Because so, yep. obviously it's not, you know, it's not impossible that that would happen, but it's just giving you that fighting chance that breathing space uh, that you Which need. Is... And also, if you've got that stress, for example, you could fix something and get that business back, you know, yeah. even if it's not 
like with Amazon, you've got suspended. You could find a way to get unsuspended. It might take a while, but mm-hmm. it might not. But if you are like forced forced into a corner even more, you're more likely to make random like stupid decisions or rash decisions and actually it, like making things worse or like the outcome that should happen doesn't because you are pa- up in a panic. Bang on, so like bang even on. if it's not going to yeah, even, yeah, there's no guarantees, but at least you've got that. That, to that time is what then gives you the options. It's That is essential. Having the financial freedom is the most essential thing to being able to set up a business. I remember when I was younger, you know, you'd have people who would be saying, oh, look, no, I need, I need an extra year, an extra two years just to learn my trade and be able to get it right. And you know what happens in two years? You've got a family, you've got a mortgage, and that means you definitely can't quit your job because now you've got proper overheads coming out every single month. There's always a reason why you can't do something. You just got to make sure that you don't, well, if you want to set up a business, you can't right. overstretch. I, I remember I went out, I had a good month and I bought a Jaguar X and I had a nice motorbike and I thought I was just a really good businessman and then <laughs> and then I, I ran out of money I had two bad months this is how ridiculous I was I had a Jaguar XK I just spent 10k on it and then 2k on repairing it and it was you know a 4.2 liter V8 really big and I remember within two months two months after I bought it I'd not made one deal and I had to sell it and I lost about five thousand pounds well I ended up keeping it for about six months but just off the road I lost about five thousand pounds in it and that extra stress of having that overhead there when I clearly wasn't financially ready for it I wasn't good enough at my job to to have that car the extra stress of owning it ruined my life because it meant that every single day I was just fighting to be able to keep the car on the road and the overheads I learned after that I haven't had a good car since I want one but I know I'm not at that level yet yeah i'm basically like i want to buy a car in like, i want to get a tesla in cash mm, mm. and if i'm going to be buying a, de- I mean, a decent one not like that 35 grand one but like you know yeah if, if i if i and if i can get like if i can be like here's 80 grand for a yeah. tesla in cash yeah then i should be in a position where if that's okay mm-hmm. like i'm happy to do that yeah then i'm it's not all my money and so i'm like otherwise i'm just not interested yeah and it- yeah, it, it completely stifles creativity, putting yourself into a corner if your overheads are too high. If you've got the money. And actually, an yeah. interesting thing, yeah. quickly, that I noticed when I was younger, I used to think, oh, I can't wait to get into a nice flat, rented flat, like it's yeah. going to be in Gunwharf with my brother, and we're gonna, it's going to be like two and a half grand a month, it's going to be so good, mm. blah, 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 blah. Then I, really, then I didn't do that because my brother moved out, so I ended up just moving in by myself somewhere. But then I was like, God, just to live, and literally yeah. nothing else, just to live food, it's like a grand and a half a month. Yeah. And I was like, that's not even doing anything. And I was then after a while, I was like, and sometimes obviously then there's Christmas, there's a holiday I'm going on. You're spending two, two to three grand, depending on, you know, here and there. And I'm like, that's a lot for not, not really anything. And then what I realized is that I moved in with my mate after all this and I was paying him like 200 and something quid a month. And I realized like the opposite of what I was doing was like, cause then my overheads were like a grand. I literally spent a grand a month and I was like, that's pretty easy to get. I, yep. I, I, you know, I so saw my affiliate commission and bits and bobs is like half that. Yep. So I don't have to make much extra to basically cover that. And then I can literally reinvest. So I reinvested through Amazon for like a year, pretty much. And it was COVID year yeah. without, and without having to even pay for anything. And rather than take, cause if I take, if you take money out from the business more, then that money can't now be used to invest to make more. So you're not only using the money you took out, 
but you're losing what the, mo- the money it's creating by keep by using that later in the business, the profit. Spot on. And that money in the early stages of business, it's essential, isn't it? It's everything. Yeah, even just like, oh, I can't buy that today. I have to do it tomorrow because the money's not coming. Like, I get, I've got money coming in tomorrow, but it's just not in the bank today and I've got to wait. Like, yeah. those delays, it's like, okay, so if you delay there a day, there a day, like, but that you get, you know, you do that a little bit late. Obviously, that then usually has a financial impact because you get paid late. Yeah. Or you sell yeah. something later, or I, I'm trying to think how you would transition it into like recruitment. But like, and if you do that over like five years, that's like half a year or a year that you've basically yeah. been late on, yeah. and it's all added up. It's so true. It's so true. Overheads and managing them are absolutely essential, especially to the early stages of growing a business. When actually, this would be interesting for both of us. Because someone I remember someone the other day on my Facebook said, "I'm looking to basically become a digital nomad and go and live abroad." Mm-hmm. What are the main things that you would suggest um, for someone that looking to get their business, Amazon business, or it could be any business, mm-hmm. to a point where then you are able to do that? Like, what are your what What did you look? What made you comfortable with basically doing that? And where were you with your business? I basically said <clears throat> the main thing is expenses. Like yeah. you want everything really? to be as yeah, yeah, yeah non-existent as possible. Yeah. But if you can Bang get on. that. Then not only are you like, oh, after three days, I'm in profit. Mm-hmm. Remember I was talking about sometimes it takes you 20 days to basically cover you. But not only is yeah. it a short, but then if you do have a bad month, it's not terrible because you you paid everything real quick anyway. Like your expenses are gone in a couple of days. Yeah, it might not be great. You have that breathing space. But also that if you do have it, if it gets bad mm. and you have high expenses, it can go bad quick. Yeah. And then yeah. you're going to enter what you've now done is worthless because you have to now go, go back to the UK and get a job or something, you know? That is it's so true. Uh, when I had the office, I lost 8,000 minus 8,000 in one month. That is completely unthinkable. So I agree. If you're looking to be a digital nomad, for example, I'm out in Tenerife for, for six months for the winter with Monica. And we're out here, you know, doing our, uh, doing our job, content creation and stuff like that. And we were here in Tenerife six years ago. But the big difference between now and six years ago, comfort wise, it's the overheads. Because we've got our overheads down to an absolute minimum, I haven't thought I'm a millionaire before I am. So just got a simple car. You know, we've, we've got the properties that keep us going. We can start the month. Like I can start the month before lifting a finger on positive, on a positive amount of money, even after paying for the, you know, the rent for this property. And it makes such a big difference, not only to the enjoyment of, you know, experiencing, you know, working abroad and stuff like that, but just everyday stress it completely eradicates any type of stress where you're like oh my god if i don't get this deal i'm serious we're gonna have to somehow drive back to england because that's it we can't cope i remember six years ago be like if this recruitment deal doesn't go in we're buggered we're absolutely buggered and it is it is seriously stressful living like that if you overstretch yourself too much so i was gonna say we didn't 100 percent touch on it but just to be quick and concise with everyone. Uh, mm. What exactly do you do? I know you've mentioned the content creating the bikes, but just in like mm. a nutshell, just so sure. we get a full picture of kind of what you do uh, with your new venture. Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. So uh, th- this is all thanks, honestly, as I said, I was honestly like a vegetable. Monica came up with an idea just to follow the passion, mo- anything motorcycle related. So we basically, well, Monica, my partner, she started up just an Instagram page of, of me and my motorbikes and stuff like that, posting away. And now it's evolved over probably the past two years into we've got an Instagram page where we share, for example, different motorbikes and, you know, our different travels and things like that. And we've also got 
a YouTube channel where we do exactly the same. We share our different experiences, traveling, testing out different motorbikes. And for example, yesterday I was at a a motorcycle rental company with uh, a really good businessman, actually. I was was kind of doing an interview chat with him for YouTube that lasted about an hour. And he showed me around his different businesses, his motorbikes that he's got to rent. And then, you know, the motorbikers can watch that on YouTube and be like, oh, yes, when I come to Tenerife, you know, here's, here's a company that I can trust and rent motorbikes from. So it's anything motorcycle and travel related. And with that, it's just, and I do mean this, actually, it's not me kind of just talking nonsense usually i'm really business do you know i say usually i'm really business focused that makes me sound like i'm a successful businessman unfortunately uh like my actual level of being a businessman and my dreams of thinking i'm businessman haven't quite matched up yet but uh it's just but you still have don't you three rental pro- like how are you now 36 36 years old got three rentals with uh, along with monica as well and now we've got this business going so you know i'm doing okay but you always want more you know yeah, yeah of course you know and you know what it's like in business if you're standing still you feel like you're going backwards so um no so it's going well it's going well in fact now i, I would honestly say i'm living you know my dream life so being out in tenerife just getting to ride motorbikes um, and things have just evolved. So we, you know, it, it almost without thinking about it, you just carry on with your daily job. And if you get a few more, for example, followers or subscribers, we've got uh, Michelin, our, I'm a Michelin ambassador, um, and a few other, you know, ambassadorial roles and stuff like that. And then, for example, you can do, because Monica's a photographer, so we'll often do photo shoots for different biking companies and stuff like that. And then, of course, uh, we've got some YouTube channels channel sponsors and things like that so for the first time ever and it's quite an unusual feeling that I'm still trying to get used to because recruitment's so up and down honestly you could make 30k in a month or you could make zero zero k for three months and there's no consistent income but for the first time ever with this thanks to Monica really we've got a business here where we've got some consistent income from multiple different revenue angles. So if one falls by the wayside, there could be another one ready to be replacing it. Uh, If you lose one, you know, you've got some other platforms. We're not completely reliant on one platform, just spreading the risk and making sure that we're in a a pleasant financial situation to be in. And of course, making sure you keep trying to grow and, you know, you're not standing still. It's really fun. It's very much creative you know yours is much more data driven uh, hard numbers looking at the finances and this is more more creative side i just don't think i'm as data driven i would like to be but it's just not in my blood probably so it feels like a really good fit where recruitment never did feel like a good fit does it still feel like the early days of this new business yes it does it does we started youtube in march it very much feels like the early days but honestly now doing this job in Tenerife, and I don't know where we'll go next, maybe Barcelona, but it feels like every day, and it's, this sounds so pathetic that I'm even saying this, but every day feels like a dream. Like, and I mean that hand on heart. It's not work at all. It like, I enjoy it so much. So you're basically just on a holiday and you're going to take out a bike and see yep. some stuff. It, if in my spare time, this is what I dream of doing. So I work seven days a week because it's not work. It's just so unbelievably fun. Every day I wake up, couldn't be happier. Uh, so yes, I'm living my version of my dream. Actually, I really am. It's incredible. And so in terms of like the future, what's your either plan with this current business setup? Of course, probably you're going to say sky's the limit. 
um, and see mm-hmm. what happens. It sounds, you know, because that's like you know, just carry on what you're doing. But is there anything yeah. in the after that in the future that you are like, you know, what I'd love to try, or I'd love to, I don't know. For example, it could be like I just want to retire early and go to a beach. I could, some people say that. No, no, some people say I want to really, in, like you know, me could be opening my own tennis academy if I had millions. You know, mm-hmm. some like just because I'm interested, just random stuff. It could be random, or it could be business oriented, life oriented. That's a, that's that. such a good point, and that's completely relevant. You know, a lot of people would say I want to retire early, and that is a perfectly good uh, answer. But just because I love this so much, I, I wouldn't want to stop it. So the aim, you know, I used to try and forecast um, and it never works out. I, it's always completely wrong. So I, I can't forecast, but the aim would be just keep on, you know, steadily growing and just keep on making sure that, that we're just enjoying. If it can stay like this and slowly progress from what we're doing now slowly progress nothing too crazy revolution wise just progress the way it is you know you keep on every year you look back and be like great you know i've gone up 10 20 percent since last year i will feel like it's a lottery win in this job because i love it so much so natural evolution increase everything by 20 percent, maybe year on year on year and keep getting bigger i will be over the moon with that and i mean that really over the moon with it so just keep going still seven days a week love it every day you know and i hope it continues do you see yourself going to like different countries to do this i know you've obviously gone to different countries but like you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing that pops into my head do you remember that that tv show that was on where david becker went with his mates to somewhere like i don't even know like brazil or something oh with, with the bonneville argentina that was incredible yeah and he, and like you know doing something like as in just basically going to different like sort of incorporating that or oh, it yeah. doesn't have to be as extreme as that because i know they went off road no, a lot no, no, no do you know what you're, you're absolutely right and, and of course you know what it's like with social media the more extreme the better but from a personal point of view it's like you read my mind i would absolutely love to do something like that like to head out to the us maybe rent out a harley do a big tour and see what the motorcycle scenes like in in the us maybe head off to S- southeast asia these things you know the more creative the better and i would absolutely so it could just be like a world tour at one point <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it would be like a world tour that would be absolutely incredible and actually those are the types of things in all honesty for you know for social media the bigger the more extreme the better in every element and it makes business sense it's a bit like your version of okay look should i invest 10k in that product my version of it would be okay should i invest 10k in that huge trip you know you've got to have that big financial outlay and you hope that the finances may return into your pocket if you get enough people watching and stuff like that it's that balancing act isn't it in essence it's exactly the same principle as what you do just slightly different but you know i would still have to think you know, how much am I willing to invest? And do I hope to get that money back, basically? But yes, I'd love it. I'd love it. Well, we'll have to see what happens. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up there, everyone. I know that obviously if it's too long, people will drop off. But if people are interested in getting, uh, when I get in touch with you, or they actually just want to check out some of your videos um, on YouTube or something, what is the best way to find you? YouTube. So YouTube channel is Freddie Dobbs, F-R-E-D-D-I-E-D-O-B-B-S. And I'm there. So what, what I'll do as well, I'll also, I mean, you can go ahead and search that but i'll also put some uh description yeah that thing where you put that stuff in the description they call it writing yeah <laughs> i'm gonna write in the description uh where you can find it in the post anyway so if you want to check the links out there then you can go ahead and do that so yeah thank you for joining us today freddie i'm hopefully 
a lot of people actually going to find this quite interesting because this is a slightly different video, not video. I'm losing, I'm losing everything already. A different podcast to usual because <laughs> uh, most of the time we're getting people that a lot of people already know mm-hmm. uh, and they know like quite deep, you know, quite like intensely almost. So it's mm-hmm. nice to get some sort of new faces uh, that are similar in terms of the talk, but mm. different uh, in terms of the actual imp- implementation of what they're talking about, different businesses and everything. So thanks for joining us. It's been great having you on. Thank you so much for having me. And actually, it's, it's been a while, you know, it's been a while since we've seen each other. It's great to chat to you, Luke. And also, you know, what you've done in the past few years, business-wise, I tip my hat to you. It's, it's phenomenal. Well done. Well done. Anyway, let's wrap it up there, everyone. And I'll see you guys on the next one. Bye.